Hey guys, my name is Scott Niemeyer and I'm the lead pastor of High Point Church in Friendswood, Texas. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We believe that church is not just an event you attend, it is a family that you belong to. We also believe that it's God's plan for every person on their spiritual journey to know God, to find some freedom from your past so that you can discover your purpose and ultimately you can make a difference. And we exist as a church to help you on that journey. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by today's message. Let's jump in and let's get started. Are kicking off a new series today entitled "You Asked for It," and uh, you may say, "What exactly is that? Did we really ask for it, Pastor?" No, you actually did. on On Easter Sunday every year, uh, we give we give out a survey, right? Maybe you remember uh, filling out the survey. It's kind of a uh, an information card. It's prayer request on there, but on the back there's a survey, and I ask you questions. What would you like to know more about? And so we have uh, compiled all of that data and taken some of the top answers, and, and uh, I've really kind of pondered those questions, pondered what, what uh, some of the topics are, and that's what we're going to be doing this month. We're going to be kind of unpacking some of the things that you guys ask questions about. And so it should be a whole lot of fun. Uh, it's also going to be hopefully very eye-opening, but I hope it brings some, uh, some not just information, but I want to bring revelation to you, because revelation is what really the Lord uses to change us from the inside out. And and so uh, as we dive into this, I hope that it's uh, uh, helpful to you. And so let's pray and let's get going. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you that we have this opportunity uh, to be together. God, I surrender myself now, God, just from the top of my head uh, to the soles of my feet. I thank you, Father, that you would just speak through me today. That not one person would see a man standing up here, God, but they really would hear your voice. God, I thank you for that, that they would see you, Father. And God, I ask that as we look at, Father, these topics over this next month, that you would allow our hearts to be opened up, God, so that we can, we can get knowledge, God, but that knowledge can turn into a revelation, which turns into wisdom. And God, that's my prayer for each person. I thank you, God, that we'll be able to, to take something today apply it to our life, and be able to leave here different than we came in. So, Father, we thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, the number one topic that everyone wanted to know about, believe it or not, was the subject of forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. And so when you think about the word forgiveness, I think about really two different things, but I think you'll be shocked at how close to each other they actually are because if you can understand one, you can actually get a good revelation of the other. Obviously, we know that uh, we're all sinners, right? We all have come short of the glory of God. We have all, you know, per participated. We, we live in a fallen world, and, and there are things that, that, that we have uh, succumbed to, right? And there's sin that has been in our life, and, and God knows that, he, and he knew that. So he sent the perfect sacrifice for our sin, which you know is Jesus Christ. And uh, of course, he came and uh, lived a sinless life. He, he was uh, crucified, dead, buried, and of course, uh, rose again. And of course, through all of that, we now have um, a, a, a sacrifice for our sins, if you will. And so we know that through the confession of those sins that we receive forgiveness, right? So we can see that from a, a loving God, we can be forgiven for our sins. And that's a very, very powerful thing. And what, I, what I've come to learn is that not many people, once they understand how much God loves them, not many people have a problem receiving that concept, where it kind of where it kind of where we get bogged down is when someone else in our life does us wrong 
And now we have, to, we have to decide, are we going to forgive this person for doing me wrong or not? So it's this kind of, you're like, well, that's two different things. One's between me and God, and one's between me and, and somebody else. But when Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment? Didn't he say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? And the second is equally as important, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So what we like to do is categorize the two and say they're two different things. I'm going to receive my, 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 my forgiveness from my, from my Lord, but when somebody does me wrong, I'm not quite sure I'm ready to forgive them just yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play by a different set of rules over here, but that's not really what the Bible teaches. And so here's the big question for today. What does God have to say about forgiveness? What does he have to say about forgiveness? And I really wanna, I wanna kind of really look at this from a, obviously a spiritual direction, but I wanna look at it from a practical place too because I wanna help you. And let me just say, I have had many opportunities in my life um, to, to struggle with forgiving someone. And I wanna kind of help you maybe by seeing one of my stories to maybe kind of help you see how I process through it and what the Holy Spirit showed me through that. I mean, that's a real powerful thing that God can begin to do. He's no respecter of persons. If he did it for me, he will do it for you. But we have to learn, you know, like what, what, what are you speaking to me, Lord? So to understand forgiveness, though, we must, we must first take a look at what causes unforgiveness. What in our life causes unforgiveness? What are some of the things that will, um, that, that, that will get under our skin, if you will? What, what, will what, what is something that the enemy knows to come and just poke at you right here because he knows he'll, it, it'll get to you? What, what are some of those things? Can we identify some of those things today? First of all, let me say this. If you've ever harbored unforgiveness, it never hurts the other person. You may think that it does, but it really never hurts the other person near as much as it hurts you. In fact, I heard it said, said this one time that unforgiveness is like setting yourself on fire and hoping the other person dies of smoke inhalation. I mean, like, you, you, but you're, you're killing yourself just trying to create an atmosphere where the other person just might get some sort of a symptom. And so you got to understand that unforgiveness is is really a trap of the enemy. It's, it's, it's like it's a trap that he sets, and I wanna unpack all that today. Uh, you know, because we live in a fallen world, we face uh, the realities of hurt and offense. Let me just tell you, if you have not been offended yet, you will be, okay? Uh, there is opportunity that happens every single day for people to, uh, to offend you. So if, if it's going to happen because we live in a fallen world, then the only thing that we have control over is our response to it. The only thing that we can actually learn from, from what the word of the Lord says is, is we can learn what God's heart about this is, and then we can begin to, to change ourselves so that we will receive these things in a different way. Now, this takes maturity. This takes uh, uh, having an open mind about what God not just wants to do in you, catch this, but what he wants to do through you. Okay, because ultimately you can actually turn a situation completely around just by doing some of the things that Jesus teaches us to do concerning this. But we know we live in a fallen world. Uh, the realities of hurt and offense are all around us. Uh, the words and the deeds of other people can wound us to the core. There are many things that would cause unforgiveness or be a gateway to unforgiveness. Let me just name a few uh, so that maybe you can identify with a couple of these. Number one is neglect. 
Do you know that when a person feels neglected, that 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 can be the seed of bitterness that really comes out in unforgiveness? When you feel like that someone should be paying attention to you or someone should be doing something for you and they don't and there is a broken expectation and neglect is present, that is a time where you can really uh, begin to have unforgiveness towards someone or a situation. Uh, abuse, if, if you've ever been involved in abuse. And of course, in the, in the world that we live in, the world we live in is crazy. Let me just say it, it's crazy. And, and let me just tell you, right, right now, the, 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 the flesh of people basically doing what they want to do. And they do that because when we live a selfish lifestyle or we live a selfish kind of a posture in our heart, what we're doing is we're looking so much out for ourselves that we don't care if what we say and what we do hurts somebody else. Y'all okay today? Y'all are awfully quiet. I can give y'all three points in a, in a song if y'all want to. We can just go home. I wanna help you today though. How about violence? You know, sometimes um, there, there's, there's been violence in your life or in your family or in the situation that you're in. How about betrayal? Maybe someone uh, committed to you to do something or be something and, and they betrayed you. How about cruel remarks? You know, one of the things I like to say about cruel remarks, first of all, I grew up in the 1980s, all right? Back in the 1980s, people didn't really have filters. You know what I'm saying? The Gen Xers, they just had just had cut from a different cloth. You know what I'm saying? Like we were latchkey kids. Nobody even checked on us until after dark. You know, like go figure it out yourself. Well, one of the things I remember growing up with is that if you, had, if you didn't have a sharp tongue, you may not survive. And so you had to be able to, to lash back and be able to keep up. But what I begin to realize is that's not really a healthy thing, right? And so these cruel remarks, what I learned about cruel remarks is it's easy to give them out, but whenever you receive them, I call them words that land. There are words that can land inside your heart, and when they land in your heart, if they take root, it will become, or it will become, it wants to become part of your identity, Yet Christ says your identity is something else, but we'll begin to take on an identity because basically what someone has said to us or said about us. And so cruel remarks can cause this type of unforgiveness. Now here's the crazy thing. Let me just get, talk about the elephant in the room. I know that when someone hurts you, the, the, the response, the natural, like common response is to protect yourself. I know that, and that's not necessarily a bad response. However, when that, when that response turns into a heart posture, instead of just uh, doing something to kind of protect yourself in the moment, when it becomes a heart posture, it takes root and bitterness sets in, and then you begin to become someone that you really are not designed to be. Y'all okay today? So let's, let's, read, let's read the word of the Lord. Let's, let's talk about what God has to say about this. In Luke chapter 17, verse number one, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says this, it is impossible, everybody say impossible. It's impossible that no offenses should come. So let me just go ahead and clear the air right now. If you think you're gonna make it all the way through your life and not be offended about something, I'm telling you, that's not gonna happen. Jesus himself says, listen, it's impossible. We live in a fallen world. People are gonna say things, gonna do things, and you're gonna have the opportunity to be offended about something. But this is what he goes on to say, comma, but woe to him through whom they do come. So what he's saying now is, yes, they're going to come because we live in a fallen world. It's impossible to get away from it. However, woe to the person that they do come through. 
So now he's raising the standard and saying, now listen, if you're going to be one of my followers, I want you to understand it's going to come to you, but I expect something different out of you. He's raising the bar here and saying, listen, you have a choice. Let me begin to show you and teach you what those things were. Let let me kind of um, kind of break this down a little bit further as we go. Offense or being offended, catch this, is the bait that the enemy uses to lure us into bondage. Do you know that being offended, I'm just going to call it what it is, it's a spirit of offense. When the spirit of offense is present in your life, uh, it's the bait that the enemy uses to trap you into bondage because you think you are justified in the feelings that you have. And you very well may be justified like that person should not have done that, but I'm telling you right now, God's ways are not our ways. In fact, the word of the Lord says his ways are higher than our ways. And so you're gonna have to open up your heart and begin to see, okay, God, how would I, how should I handle this, right? And so let me say this, the word offense comes from the Greek word scandalon, which means bait. Did you know that? The actual word of offense in the Greek comes from the word scandalon, which actually means bait. So anytime the enemy is trying to get you offended, he's trying to bait you into something. He's trying to set a trap for you. In fact, in the Old Testament, when someone wanted to trap an animal, they would dig a hole in the ground. They would cover that hole with branches. They would put a piece of meat, a piece of scandalon on top of it, and so they could trap the animal by going and and baiting them to fall into the trap. And I want you to know that offense is just like that. Now, here's the deal. I want you to know that there are common um, reactions to things. But what I want you to see is that what if you were able to see what the enemy was up to before it showed up? Then you could change your reaction to a response. And when you begin to respond as opposed to react, then all of a sudden you'd be like, no, I've seen that meat over that hole before. (laughs) Those branches look a little too freshly cut for me. I'm not walking over that. I'm not that hungry. I'm saying, I'm going to go find some other place to get me a meal. I'm not going to be baited and trapped into this because here's the deal. The enemy comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. So we have to recognize what the enemy uses. And so I, I think it was interesting that the number one thing that people wanted to know most about is forgiveness because most people know that forgiveness is connected to offense And this is something that we all deal with probably in our everyday life. So being offended is the conduit to bitterness. So how many of you have ever, I was gonna show some pictures today, but I'm not going to. Have you ever just tasted something bitter before? I'm not talking about just sour, I'm talking about bitter. You ever taste something bitter? The last thing that I wanna do is I wanna go back and get another taste. I'm like, oh, I'm not sure if that was bitter. No, when you're bitter, man, your face on. You know what I'm saying? And here's the deal. Offense, listen, we may, people may not be able to see it outwardly. Sometimes they probably can. But how many of you know in the spirit realm, that's what you look like? I'm all offended in the spirit realm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, all, I'm all worked up. I, I've got, and so we can learn some things from this. So here, here we go. I know we've, we've kind of established what causes the unforgiveness. Let's talk about forgiveness now. When we forgive, the first thing to go is bitterness. When you make a choice to forgive, the first thing to go is the bitterness. So you lose that 
bitter taste, that bitter look, you, you, you begin to, God begins to, catch this, transform you, right? He begins to transform you from where you are to where he, he wants you to be. Colossians chapter three, verse number 13 and 14, it says this, make allowance for each other's faults. What? I want everybody around me to be perfect. Isn't that how we are sometimes? I don't want anybody to say anything negative to me. I, I'm, I'm so sensitive, I can't take that. Listen, I've been there. Let me tell you right now, one of the things that I've struggled with the most in my life is I really, I really care what people think about me. And here's the thing, the enemy knows that, so he'll have people say little things. And listen, I, my brain works in such a way, I will process how someone puts inflection on syllables to get offended by it. My dog, did you catch the way they said that? You see how he paused right there? I knew he was talking to me. I'm telling you, it's how my brain works. Here's the crazy thing. The enemy knows that. So every time God starts doing some great th- things through my life, I'm going to tell you what the enemy does. He comes and he attacks you, not where he knows that you have some victory and it's not going to bother you. He comes and attacks you in an area where he knows it's going to get underneath your skin so that he can distract you from what you're supposed to be doing and he can get you offended. And when that begins to happen, it begins, he, he, he begins to push the buttons that he knows he can push. And let me, let me tell you right now, sometimes Kelly, of course, I'm the pastor of the church, and I, I've got a few defense mechanisms, come on. I'm not saying they're good ones. I taught y'all one a couple of weeks ago. Uh, like, if somebody ever says something to you that's negative, I've learned a good response. That's good to know. Good to know. Sometimes people will say things about the church or what's going on. Kelly won't even tell me because she knows I'll struggle with it. She, they just go and handle it for me. But I'm like, you know what? I need to be able to make sure that I'm not offendable. Like, I'm not gonna stay offended, right? And so this is something I'm working with in my life. And you guys have heard the story. I just shared a little bit last week in Dream Team Night about my relationship with my father. And I'm not gonna share the same story. I'm gonna show you a little different piece of it, though. My parents got divorced when I was seven, okay? I was raised basically by my my mom and my older sister. My dad was um, a a Houston police officer. He uh, also had an extra job at Herman Hospital here in Houston uh, as a security guard. He was married to his work, undercover narcotics officer, very good at what he did, but he just wasn't very good at family, and so he made sure that I had anything that I needed. Like he, he sent the checks, never missed it, was never a day late. But how many of you know, I didn't just want the check, I wanted the presence of my father. So I grew up with a void there and I begin to grow up and think, man, it's, I, I, I don't like the fact that somebody else, when I, go to, when I go to baseball and I go to baseball practice, all the other dads are there and my dad's not there. And this happened time and time, year and year. It, I, can, I can name just a number of different things where I'm like, man, I wish he was here to be able to give me some advice. I wish he was here to speak something into my life. I wish, and so what began to happen is I began to get at, become an adult. I began to get bitter about this. I began to be offended at the way that my father, and really I was offended at the situation. But I was offended and I, I was worked up. I was bitter at, at the lack of him being there, the, the neglect that I had felt, Right? And so as I'm processing through that, y'all know the story that I, I, I start ministry like at 21. I'm 51 now. So I've been doing this a few years. I was a youth pastor for many, many years. And I, so I'm in full-time ministry. And I'm, let me tell you right now, just because, somebody's in, just because somebody's a pastor doesn't mean they don't struggle. 
with offense, okay? And so it's important that you understand, I'm struggling with this, but yet I'm teaching young people to like honor their mother and father. What a hypocrite. So y'all know the story. Uh, My dad is 60 years old, I'm 30. He has a heart attack, goes into this open heart surgery. And you've heard me tell the story about how God told me to go there and lead him to the Lord. And I went and I led my dad to the Lord at 60 years of age. It's a great story. What I didn't tell you is before I led him to the Lord, we had a conversation. And the conversation was this, Dad, I forgive you. And he had heard me say some things about him. And he looked at me and said, I forgive you. And in the moment of forgiveness, everything shifted in our relationship. It's like all the years, it's not like all the years just reappeared, but it's like everything, I was okay with where we were. And I I began to have a relationship with my dad. I began to honor him. And listen, I'm telling you, my dad's 60 years old. I don't know if he'd ever been in a church, ever, in his life. Started going to church. He's like, what church should I join? Helped him find a good church in his hometown. He joins a church, becomes the head usher. He lives for another 16 years serving the Lord. And I'm thinking to myself, how many years did the enemy steal from me? How many years did the enemy steal from him because we were offended at each other? Here's the crazy thing. Once I really got to know it, he had great explanations as to why he was doing what he was doing. I didn't think you wanted me in your life. Because I left, I, I mean, he was very open and honest. And I'm like, as I got older, I'm like, I could see where you can make that, that, that choice. But isn't that what the enemy does? He uses these things. He creates these scenarios in your head thinking it's one way and really it's another. And we can go back and say, man, we could redo it and all that kind of stuff. But listen, what if we can get a hold of it today and we can begin to break some of these things in our life? We can begin to pass this revelation down to our children where we can really begin to see the body of Christ move forward and not be stumbling over offense. So it says, make allowance for each other's faults. And it goes on to say in this Colossians chapter three, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. I'm gonna go ahead and just throw the word out there. Forgive who? Who? Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. How many of you know, we're just, our, our, our life is like filthy rags. Like we, we are, we're nothing without Jesus. Like we, we couldn't even remotely come into the presence of God without, without Christ. So he says, listen, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Notice that the word must is not a suggestive word. It's actually one of those things where Jesus is not mixing words here. He's telling you exactly what he thinks. You must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love. Everybody say with love. Which binds us all together in perfect harmony. I've read a book and read parts of the book. We've had small groups on it here. It's a great, great book, great read if you've never read it. There's a book called Love Does by Bob Goff. Bob says this in his book. People who are becoming love. Remember the verse we just read? Above all, clothe yourself with love. Everybody say love. So we're clothing ourselves with love. We are becoming love. So it says as people who are becoming love talk a lot more about what God is doing than what they're doing. I'm gonna let that sink in just for a second. People who are 
following after this verse of clothing yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, Bob Goff says, people that are becoming love like that talk a lot more about what God is doing than what they're actually doing because they have stopped keeping score. So many times in our life, we wanna keep score, right? That person did that to me, I'm classifying them over here. You got a little classification system in your head. And you just, you just classify people based upon what they've done, what they've said. And so you, just so you know, you got groups of people that have, that have offended you. This is what I did. I got these groups, classified them. Reasons why I'm offended by them. But understand, it's like catching yourself on fire, hoping they die of smoke inhalation. It's like it's not really affecting them. It's only affecting you. An unforgiven offense is like an arrow dipped in poison. The offense slashes through our defense and hurts us in the moment. But the aftermath of unforgiveness is like poison that remains long after the event takes place. So we gotta be very, very careful of this. What does Jesus say about it? In closing, let me, let me read a passage to you. Just stay with me. It's about 10 verses long. It says, then Peter came to him and asked. So Peter came and asked Jesus a question. Now, don't y'all love Peter? We talked about Peter many, many times. He's walking on water. He's cutting a dude's ear off. He's, uh, he's denying Jesus. I mean, he's, he's all over the place. But I love how honest he is because he's processing this the same way I would process. And I love how he's asking questions. What is the title of this series? You asked for it. Uh, he's asking questions. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive somebody? Like, I want to know, is there a limit to how much I got to forgive? Come on, aren't we the same way? And he goes ahead and says, how, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? And then he goes ahead and throws it out there. Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Some of y'all are doing the math just to see if you can make it, okay? It's not what he's, that's not what he's saying here. He's not saying 70 times seven. He's saying forever with anybody, always, you gotta keep forgiving. Here we go. Therefore, the kingdom of, God, of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. So you got a king, he's loaned money out, and he's bringing these servants back to settle up accounts, right? He, he's calling for the loans to come due. Verse number 24, in the process, one of the debtors who, brought, uh, who was brought in owed him millions of dollars is kind of the modern day version of that. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered him that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. So get this, this guy just got forgiven millions. So it says that now he, after he left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little bit more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded, but his creditor would not wait. He had the man arrested and put into prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset, so they went to the king and told him everything that had happened. 
Then the king called in the man who had forgiven, who he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from the heart. This is a hard, this is a hard scripture. It's a hard verse, but this is how, this is how, um, um, serious Jesus is about forgiveness. So he's saying, listen, hasn't my heavenly father forgiven you of all of your sins? Isn't the grace of God such a good and a powerful thing that, man, he forgives us of everything? But yet, whenever he forgives us of everything, do we, do we, do we, do we, do we operate the same way in our life to forgive other people? And he's saying, this is the way it's got to be. You can't receive just this forgiveness and then not forgive others. You've got to be the conduit for me. And when you receive forgiveness, give forgiveness. In closing, I know I am up against time here. Three reasons real quick why we may struggle to forgive. Number one, you have the wrong idea about forgiveness. Let Let me just clarify for you. Forgiveness is not minimizing the offense. It doesn't minimize what somebody did to you. It it was wrong. Forgiveness is not forgetting what happened. And forgiveness is not necessarily reconciliation. It's forgiveness. It's the first step along the way. Second reason why people struggle to forgive. It's not fair. Pastor, you don't know what they did, man. It's just not fair. They don't deserve forgiveness. Here's the thing is God doesn't, he doesn't, pass out or hand out forgiveness based upon our merit. (laughs) Thank God he doesn't, right? Because we don't deserve it. But he does it anyway because we don't deserve it. So much he loves and cares about you. And the third reason why, why people may struggle to forgive is you just don't think you can. You say things like, I can't. The voice of the enemy is in your head reminding you what they did to you. Let me just tell you right now, you can through God's power. Now, I'm going to give you just a few ways real quick that you can walk out forgiveness. Here's a few ways you can walk out forgiveness. Number one, so if you're wanting practical things, maybe you're thinking of a person in a situation in your head right now, this is what you do. Number one, pray for the people who have offended you. You're like, pastor, come on, I don't want to pray for them. They're not going to change. Doesn't matter. Pray for them. Matthew chapter five, verse 43, it says this, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. We gotta pray for other people. Number, th- number two, bless those who have offended you. Oh, here we go. Now we're not just doing, just not talking about words now. Now we're talking about, we're, we're moving into some action here. Bless those who have offended you. Luke 6, 27, but to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who hurt you. So number two is this, bless those who have offended you. The third thing is this, is do good. In the same verse, do good to people who have offended you. I heard my dad say after we reconciled, got things right. He gave his life to the Lord. I heard my dad say one time, I really didn't know 
I mean, him very well at all. I didn't know what he liked, what he was into. I mean, I could probably make some deductions from, you know, his life, but I didn't really know. He made a comment one time that he wanted a shotgun. Certain shotgun is a Remington 300. Not even a very expensive shotgun. And I could have just walked out of that hospital that day and said, okay, I did my job. I led him to the Lord. I'm good. God, I did what you want me to do. I'd heard him say that one time and I felt like the Lord said, hey, go buy your dad that shotgun. I'm thinking to myself, let me just tell you what I originally thought. What has he done for me? He didn't, wasn't even there. I mean, I appreciate the child support, but you weren't even, weren't even there. Could you show up at one of my games and tell me I played like a champ? Just, just one? So th- these are the struggles that I was having, right? For whatever it was, and it has nothing to do with the, with the gun, it's just something that I felt like the Lord said, go buy him that gun. I went and bought him the gun. The second time in as many days, I saw my dad cry. First time was when I led him to the Lord. Second time was I got him this gun. He goes, oh man. He said, this is the greatest gift I've ever received. Yeah, it's just a gun, but when, when you put some action behind what God is telling you to do to get over a fence, it will unlock something in the other person. It will do something inside the other person. And I'm not, I'm, hear me, I'm not saying go buy their approval. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying figure out how you can bless them and do good to them. Because that was something that opened up a time. You know what was even better than giving him a shotgun? Going to shoot that shotgun with him. We got to do that a couple of times, which was great. Here's the crazy thing. 16 years later, he actually passes away. Well, guess who has a shotgun now? Sitting in my safe to this day. And every time I look at it, it's a reminder that I don't need to be offended anymore. Life is too short to be offended. You got to get past these things because it is it will imprison you. It will trap you. It, it will keep you in a place where you can't be productive in the kingdom of God. And God is saying to all of us, listen, I got something for you to do. Get some freedom from, from, from some of these things. Jump into a small group this semester and, man, work some of this stuff out. Maybe today God's telling you right now, hey, why don't you call that person? Why don't you text them? Don't, listen, don't expect them to say the same thing you're going to say. Just, just forgive them. You never know what God can do through a surrendered life that's willing to say, man, I will go the extra mile and I'm not going to let the enemy come in and get me on these small little things that are just, in the overall scheme, they're so minute. Now, I know many of them are hurtful and many of them have caused you some pain, but listen, either we serve a God that can deliver you from that pain or we don't. Come on, who the sun sets free is free indeed. So I want to I pray for you. If you don't mind, just bow your head and close your eyes. If you're, if you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor Scott, I appreciate the message on, on forgiveness today. I'll be honest, I, I've never received forgiveness from God. Like I've, I've never even opened up and confessed my sin to the Lord. I, I've never said yes to God. I've, I've never invited Jesus to be a part of my life. If that's you and you're, you're here today, be so kind just to raise your hand up. I, I want to 
I want to see who you are. And the Lord wants to meet you right where you are. Thank you so much. I'd like everybody here to, to say this prayer with me. Everybody say, Father, thank you for loving me. I say today that you can have my life. I say that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. God, help me to live for you in every area of my life. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you right now, God, for every person that's here. I thank you, Father, that we have this opportunity, God, to really be able to, to, to get rid of some unforgiveness in our life. God, I ask right now, Father, that as you have forgiven all of us, that we would then carry out the forgiveness that you give us into our life, into our situations, God, and we'll be able to forgive other people. Show us what we need to do. Show us what our next step is, God. Show us how to bless, to pray, and to do good for others. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. If you've been encouraged by our ministry, we would love for you to like, subscribe, and share this video. If you'd like to help us to continue spreading the message of Jesus all around the world through giving, or you'd like more information on our Sunday services, you can visit us online at myhighpointchurch.com, or you can follow us on social media at myhighpointchurch.com.